0: stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Cubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Cube. Today is December 21st, and we're all still here. Friday, I should mention. Friday before, uh, many of us will have uh, at the very least, some days off next week, and in my case, um, most days off next week. So, why don't we start this Fra Internet Day uh, episode by saying, oops, <laughs> why would we say that? Because I forgot to say, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical Liberal Keeper Alright, now we got that out of the way. Let's throw in that um, if you listen to uh, yesterday's Video Games Day episode, uh, I will have already said this, but I figure I'll get it into this internet day one too. Just in case you don't like video games, therefore would not listen to a video game-related podcast, next week I, uh, I'm going to take a slight podcast hiatus. However, um, I do have a plan. Uh, Is it an evil master plan? Maybe it is. A plan to do a sort of super special holiday uh, episode. So we'll see how that comes out. I don't want to give too much away just in case I try to do what I have planned and it fails miserably. (laughs) So there you go. Today's sponsor is Chocolate Rain Anti-Diarrhea Pills. Once again, today's sponsor is Chocolate Rain Anti-Diarrhea Pills. Chocolate rain, some stay dry and others feel the pain. Alright, uh... Today, Friday, is Fra-Internet Day within the Liberal Cube. That uh, sponsor is something from the Fra-Internets. As you either know, could take the educated guest, or do not know at all. In which case, I pity you. Much like Mr. T. pities Fools, I pity you for your lack of chocolate rain knowledge. Google it. Uh, let's jump in to item the first. Uh, and, uh, it's an item we have brought back. It is an item I have brought back to the Liberal Q before. It is something called the Flog from a Miss, a Miss, uh, Felicia Day. She has a YouTube channel, because those exist now, uh, called Geek and Sundry. One of the shows on her channel is called the Flog, F-L-O-G, a lot of you will have heard of a blog, which somehow I don't really get, is short for weblog, I guess it kind of makes sense, (coughs) and then uh, people also have vlogs, video weblogs, and uh, because her name is Felicia, she decided to create a flog. You see, where, see how that happens? It's like math, it's like comedy, it's like arranging letters in different ways. All good things. This episode I enjoyed and wanted to bring back because she uh, did her uh, usual stuff, but then also occasionally she'll hit the road and go visit someone and try a new, I forget what she calls it, I think she has a name for it, she'll go try something new, just try something that she's never done before. Last time we talked, uh, she tried potting, Um, pottery making, maybe I should specify, for all you druggies out there. Uh, hmm. This time she visited a hatter, was he a mad hatter? No, not not even a slightly perturbed hatter. Uh, literally, a man who makes hats. Uh, I thought, I, I kind of thought that someone who makes hats was called a haberdasher. But, uh, they never mentioned that. So, am I wrong? I don't know. This, uh, this hatter, particular one, was, uh, Hatter to the Stars. Uh, because they are in, uh, California, yay, and he had done many hats for many movies, such as, I wrote down a couple, because it was kind of cool. He did uh, Rocky's hat in the movie Rocky. You know what? I think he said he just did the newest Rocky, like the sort of, I don't think it's a remake, like the the reboot. So he did that, that hat. He did uh, an Elton John hat, where, I'd never heard of this, but apparently one time or times Elton John dressed as Donald Duck. Sort of. <laughs> and, uh, had a hat, a Donald Duck hat, and he made that. And then they moved on from looking at some famous hats and made some hats of their own. Uh, it was a pretty cool process, actually. I'm, a, I'm a hat guy. Probably when I get to be an old man, I assume I will, like my grandfather, have a collection of hats. He had quite a collection. Uh, I had A collection of my own at one point, but in a basement flood, I lost a lot of them. They got kind of all moldy and gross, so I had to get rid of a lot of them, which is a shame. Probably when I get older and retire and turn crazier, I'll develop that hat collection again. Uh, So I recommend this video just to see how they make uh, make a hat. Uh, In particular, Felicia decided to make a top hat. So, there you go. Let's move on to a new item, one we have not spoken about before. It is on Mr. Chris Hardwick's YouTube channel, because, again, they exist now, YouTube channels. His channel, of course, is Nerdist, and this show is New Wish. I've watched, uh, I think this is the fourth episode I watched. Uh, It's called Neil's Puppet Dreams, starring... Mr. Neil Patrick Harris, who uh, is a very funny dude. You may know him as Doogie Hauser, I suppose. Uh, That's a little bit before my time. Well, it was on when I was a kid, but it was not something. I was probably watching Sesame Street or something. Uh, Anyways, the the sort of premise of the show is that uh, Neil Patrick Harris plays himself, actually, and he has a uh, he suffers from narcolepsy puppet narcolepsy let's call it so basically he will just fall asleep at any given moment and he'll dream but his dreams will be um in puppet although he won't be a puppet in his dreams but the the things and people around him will be puppets huh. so uh they actually got um The Hensons, not Jim Henson, as he has passed away many, many years ago, but what's Jim Henson's son's name? I can't remember. So these are actual Muppet puppets. I'm pretty sure. uh, Hopped on board with this, and uh, they're pretty funny. It's kind of uh, they—they're not so much telling a story as just doing little skits. One had uh, Nathan Fillion, who you may know from the television show. Uh, Firefly, which was an awesome, awesome show that uh, was one of those sad stories where it got canceled uh, well before its prime. Uh, actually, Nathan Fillion, Fillion, Nathan Fillion and Neil Patrick Harris also did a web series called Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog. I have mentioned uh, on a movie Monday that musicals. Uh, I never seemed to like them. And considering the fact that I don't like musicals, I watched Dr. Horrible sing along and um, didn't hate it. <laughs> no, no, I, I'd go further than that. I did like it. Uh, the parts I didn't like, of course, were the parts where they sang. If you like web series and you like musicals, this will combine it. Oh, and you like comedy. This, uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along will combine it expertly, so I highly recommend that. Uh, Neil's Puppet Dreams, uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd give it a three out of five so far. There, there's some laughs. They'll, uh, what, the episode I watched, uh, just most recently took place in a restaurant, and they had a lot of um, puns, I enjoy a good pun. I, I don't know, something about it just doesn't, uh, doesn't want to, doesn't, doesn't let me give it a four or five. Okay, so let's move on to, uh, it looks like I have a bunch of big things. Yes, brought a bunch back this time. Okay, uh, one I watched uh, it was an hour and change long one, uh, called... The, uh, the Essential Value of a Classic Education. Hmm. So that's uh, sort of a dry title. Actually, I was going to say, no, that's an interesting title. I guess it depends who you're talking to, but it's, it's kind of a dry title. The uh, Probably half of it, uh, half 15 minutes, uh, somewhere in, in in there, He uh, this speaker did something cool that I very much appreciated. He um, went through reasons... In which it is a good idea to read classic literature. So I very much appreciated that because I try to. It's a and he pointed this out. It is something that takes a bit of an effort. It's not. Uh, it's not usually reading classical literature. Just a matter of picking up a Harry Potter book and reading through it. There's there's a little bit more sometimes involved. Uh, just even from the standpoint of, think of, um, who should we go with? Think of, uh, Charles Dickens writing David Copperfield. I've read David Copperfield four times. Uh, love it, but, uh, think of (laughs) the world today compared to the world in which David Copperfield lived in. These two worlds are so mind-bogglingly different from one another. Uh, you have to imagine that reading a book written by someone from back then, sort of you have to put your mind in a little, a uh, slightly we'll say maybe off-kilter too normal uh, mindset. So uh, he kind of uh, got much more in-depth to that than I am going to. And uh, I very much uh, like the whole the, uh, the whole one hour and change, uh, talk, uh, got also very heavily into, uh, sort of Plato and Socrates and philosophers. Uh, he said a good, one of the, the oldest and probably biggest philosophical questions, even a sort of underlying question to all questions, is, uh, What is the best sort of life to have? Leave a long pause there, because that's a very... I like like questions like that. I think if I went back to school, philosophy would be something I would maybe delve a little into. Um, What is the best sort of life a person can have? Yeah, I like it. Okay, so uh, let's move on to another big think. Uh, get near work, let's try to get the big things out of the way. How about that? How about that for a plan? Okay, uh, the next one was called The White House Experiments with Weed. This got into, well, weed, obviously. Pot, the ganj, Mary Jane, cannabis. Mostly it focused on the fact that uh, states and the nation, let's say, have different laws regarding pot. So, which kind of does not make sense, and I don't think it's just me that it does not make sense to. So now in Colorado and Washington, uh, weed is legal, right? Right. However, uh, on the national level, weed is illegal. So how does that work? And uh, (laughs) they explained how it does or... Kind of. Does not work. Basically, even though weed is illegal in the entire U.S., uh, states that make it legal are not going to have the feds uh, come in and try to break up uh, their good time. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. It's, it's weird how it works or does not work. So maybe uh, watch it and you'll, you'll be a little more clear. Um, than I am being mm-hmm. okay uh, the next one uh, was one of those near and dear to my heart big thanks with mr Bill Nye Bill Nye just making a big comeback nowadays of course um, I hope they still use uh, uh, yeah I hope they still use his videos in uh, science class and schools they did when I was a kid uh, I used to love those. Those were my favorite science classes. The ones where they really brought rolled in the old uh, TV and VCR. That's a for you youngins a video cassette recorder. Uh, play a VHS, which of course stands for I don't know video. Uh, I don't know. What hell does VHS stand for? Anyways, uh, so Bill and I was uh, gave a little brief talk about teaching evolution in schools. He, of course, is pro-teaching evolution in schools, as I wish every single human being on the earth would be. Bill, if I can call him Bill, Bill and I are of like minds in that religion should have absolutely no place in schools whatsoever, period. The the mere fact that Creationism is taught in any school on the globe, sickens me
1: to no end.
0: If you've uh, listened to many of these uh, podcasts, you will know that I am, especially the older I get, the more information I pour into my brain, I get more and more anti-religious, anti-religion, is that a coincidence that the more I read, the more I watch, the more information I process, the more experiences I have, um, just the more life that I live, the more that that happens, the more outspokenly uh, atheistic I become? I don't think that is a coincidence, people who are religious. Uh, and I hope the same holds true for you. So, uh, Bill, <laughs> it's, it's funny because with Bill Nye, uh, the more I see him, he seems to be the same in that the older he gets, the more outspokenly anti-religion he becomes. So, I like having that in common. Okay, so uh, before I get to work, we'll throw in the last one. Uh, move on from Mr. Bill Nye to uh, Mr. Stephen Fry. He did another uh, hour-long Hour and Change Long Big Think where uh, it was basically a question and answer where i guess people wrote in or the creators of Big Think made these questions up talked about his life talked about uh, in great depth also philosophy maybe that's why uh, i keep thinking about philosophy lately um talked about religion he's another one of my uh, favorite atheists uh talked about poetry uh writing just uh, sort of all things that uh, when I think of Stephen Fry, I want him to talk about. So, needless to say, it was an awesome interview. Folks, uh, listen to that. Listen to this. Listen to your listen to your heart when it tells you there is no God. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm at work. I will be back in eight hours, and we will talk some more. Love you, love you, theories. I'm a fool to do your dirty working 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 and we're back We are back We are back we are back we are back back, back. we are back back in action Hello again It is the Friday the drive home of the long weekend. Not only the long weekend, but the very, very long weekend. I, about uh, once a year, have a weekend this long. About this time. Because I take my vacations, kind of one here and one there, uh, to make long weekends. So I have many more long weekends than your average Joe. However, I don't have one this long, basically, ever. Except occasionally around Xmas time. So I am excited. So as you can imagine, on a internet day drive home, when very often we will let loose the Primal Scream in uh, sort of an exuberant um, overflowing of excitement, well, on a weekend in which I don't have to work for many, many days now, I have a feeling the Primal Scream is more needed than ever. So if you are Unfamiliar with the primal scream slash laughter maniacal? What you're going to want to do is turn down your gramophone. Of course, I assume you are listening on a gramophone, and uh, I'm going to let it rip. Here we go! (laughs) 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 Oh, (laughs) (sighs) that, my friends is good for you. It feels good. And uh, I do it pretty much every Friday. Uh, I did it before I started the podcast. I do it since I've started the podcast. Friday drive home, primal scream slash laugh. Little ho-ho-ho at the end for you. Let's jump right in to internet day to talk about shit from the internets that I brought back to the LibroQ. We left off with some Big Think talks, uh, videos, what have yous. We're going to move on to uh, something in a similar vein. I believe the TED Talks uh, came before sort of that chicken and the egg thing. I believe the TED Talks came before Big Thinks. However, they're both uh, sort of similar in that they are uh, giving us, the viewers, shit to pour into our brain that, uh, is cool. Uh, scientific, nerdy, not even necessarily that. Uh, just, just cool things to put in your brain to, uh, expand it a little bit. All right? All right. Saline, saline. So, TED Talk the first was called, oh yeah, this one was cool, uh, cool if you have ever watched... Uh, Any sort of wildlife shoes, you will appreciate this one. It was called the Dance of the Dung Beetle. Which, as you can imagine, the star of the show was the Dung Beetle. There are, apparently, I knew of the existence of the Dung Beetle. However, I did not realize there were so many different uh, species of Dung Beetle. But there's a lot of them. Uh, Something in particular that this focused on was sort of how just because a dung beetle is obviously far less uh, intelligent than a human being does not mean that it does not have things that it can do that we cannot do. So I thought that was a kind of a good good lesson to take away, that just because things, or maybe even people, he may be smarter than them... Uh, Does that mean that they cannot do things that you cannot do? Yeah, that's sort of a a little lesson to take away. Uh, In the case of the Dunk Beetle, it was cool because they can apparently... uh, There was a couple of things, two that I sort of remember, (laughs) although apparently not remember well, uh, are that they can see different wavelengths and use those in order to map out where they're going. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the gists of it. I think probably what you better do in this case is to go and have a boo at this video because it was cool, and you'll see experiments that these scientists did with dung beetles that will explain cool things that they can do, which we cannot do, a hell of a lot better than I can, obviously. Obviously. So, let's move on to the next one, called... Oh yeah, uh, this one was interesting. The, uh, the leader of the talk was a man by the name of, of Maz, M-A-Z, who is, um, believe it or not, a Middle Eastern comedian. Huh. Now, um, comedy in the, in the Middle East is probably not what um, everyone... on the globe, not Middle Eastern. Uh, Maybe even people in the Middle East do not think of comedy when they think of the Middle East, but apparently it's out there, folks, which uh, was kind of heartwarming to know that even people in the uh, Middle East who are not exactly known for their senses of humor, I think that's safe to say. I don't think I'm going to ruffle any feathers by saying something like that. I actually remember, uh, I watched a movie with, uh, Brooks, the, the amazing, awesome, super comedian dude, Brooks, in which, uh, well, the movie was called, what was it called? Um, something comedy in the Eastern world, uh, sporting comedy, comedians in the, in the Eastern world, or, or something like that, in which he, <laughs> as a sort of government program. He's a comedian. Did he play himself? I think he did play himself. So the government came to him in order to sort of charge him with this task of going to the Middle East and finding out what makes them laugh. Uh, Which sounds, on one hand, it sounds, well, that's dumb. Why would you do that? On the other hand, if you know why a culture laughs, uh, I think you're going to have a much better idea of what's going on in that culture, are you not? It makes sense to me. Uh, who's, who's a sort of comedy nerd, comedy freak of nature, loves comedy. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Which was sort of the... I, well, I don't know if I could go as far to say the underlying gist of uh, Maz's TED Talk, but uh, he did touch on that a little bit. And uh, for that reason, I recommend everyone watching this video, and chilling the fuck out. Alright? Comedy will heal all wounds. How about that for a little little moment of zen there? Comedy will heal all wounds. Oh boy. Alright, next. Uh, the next was, uh, a TED Talk called How to Separate Fact and Fiction Online. It's, uh was a little dry compared to some TED Talks, uh, had some interesting notions, interesting points. If you were going to pick a TED Talk out of the three that I mentioned, I'd, uh, go, <laughs> kind of funny to say, uh, I'd go with the Dung Beetle one. That was to me the most interesting, uh, followed by the Comedian one, followed by, uh, this one, which, meh, it was okay, so the, they can't all be winners, right? Let's quickly move on to our next item, which is uh, another episode of Vsauce. Vsauce, another sort of set of episodes on the YouTubes in which the bearded, losing his hair, wearing glasses gentleman, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tries to get across various ideas and answer various questions in a uh, entertaining fashion. And so far, I have not watched one where he has not been successful. So congratulations to him. <laughs> he gets millions and millions of views, so he doesn't need my congratulations. The millions of views of his videos are, I imagine, congratulations enough. This video that I most recently watched was called... It was called, Why Don't We Taxidermy Humans? Why don't we taxidermy humans? Now, is this a question that was written in to him? And if so, whoever asked this question should be put on some sort of watch list, uh, because that is a crazy friggin' question. Because it would be super creepy to have your your taxidermied relatives sitting around your house. Come on. Uh, however, <laughs> the uh, Vsauce dude did not take that stance. He went about it a little more scientifically, obviously. Something that he pointed out, which made perfect sense, really, was that when you taxidermy a animal, you are uh, basically, let's kind of just basically say, taking off their skin and putting it on a sort of blank form of that animal. So say you're gonna do what a, a, a fox. Uh, you're gonna have a mold of a sort of standard looking fox in which you put the fox that you killed skin on. Kind of a little gross, but hey to each his own. So each fox spite so each fox on this mold, although being possibly different colors, uh, and having slightly different variations of coloring and what have you, uh, are going to be basically the same sort of, uh, outline, let's call it. All right. So if you were to do that with a human being and have a sort of, uh, I guess it's not even so much with the body, but with the face, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. I've watched videos on this. Uh, I can't remember where it might have been a TED talk actually, in which they described how little differences in a face can make it totally unrecognizable as as a as a as a face or as so. Uh, okay, here here's a good example from from last night, no less. The misses and I watched a show about tattooing. I forget what the show is called. Maybe I'll bring it back on a uh, TV Tuesday and. The tattooist. We're talking about how, when tattooing a portrait, even a very slight difference in the uh, tattoo to the picture provided will make the face look basically unrecognizable as the uh, as the actual person should look. Okay, does that make sense? I hope so. I said it not well, as sometimes I do or do not. Blah, 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 blah. So, when taxiderming, (laughs) that sort of a head of a human. And if you use just sort of one mold, all humans are basically going to look, if not the same, very, very similar, and not look as they would when alive. Okay? Uh, He also went into how, obviously, there's uh, laws against that. Yada, yada, yada. It was interesting. Go watch it. Man! Okay, so next... Oh, okay. Next was a cool one. Uh, I talked about last Fra Internet Day. I brought two new podcasts back to the Liberal Cube, one of them being Pointless with Mr. Kevin Pereira, and I brought it back again because uh, if you are unaware, Kevin Pereira was the one time host of one of the very few shows that I watched called Attack of the Show. He has since quit that and Uh, looking kind of smart now as the network G4 which hosted it is going off the air or going off and retooling to some garbage. Uh, So he has started a podcast as you do nowadays. Hell I have one. Uh, This particular episode I really enjoyed because he brought two of the other co-hosts who are still currently in still currently hosting Attack of the Show and it's sort of death throes in its final hours to talk about a myriad of things. They did a friggin' two-and-a-half-hour episode. However, they spent a lot of time talking about Attack of the Show. Uh, As a fan, as one of the only reasons I had cable was that show, Uh, obviously this appealed to me greatly. Uh, It was cool to see a little behind-the-scenes of the, uh, the TV show biz, let's say. Uh, so if you have any interest in that, uh, sort of how a, a show would come about to be cancelled. Well, not cancelled. Uh, yeah, cancelled. and Stuff like that. It's, it will be interesting to you if you're a fan of Attack of the Show. You probably already know about this. But uh, highly, highly recommend. Very cool. The other podcast that I brought back uh, last week was Nerd Poker with Mr. Brian Posehn. Uh, Nerd Poker (laughs) is what they are calling their weekly Dungeons & Dragons games, so that's pretty awesome, if you ask me. I am three or four episodes in, and they're very good. It's funny, uh, right before I left work, I was listening to the holiday episode of Doug Loves Movies, in which Brian Posehn was one of the 12 guests, and apparently it sounds like uh, this podcast is doing very well, much loved, which I can uh, which I can imagine. What I brought back this time from the show was a little more specifics, and those are uh, what each of the characters uh, are playing in their Dungeons and Dragons games. So Brian Possein is playing a sort of dumb uh, barbarian type dude. Uh, Blaine Kapatch is playing a sort of uh, charming uh, super high, charismatic, charismatic, uh, I think he's an elf, um, thief, no, no, not thief, uh, sorry, a uh, warlock character, Ken, the guy named Ken, <laughs> is playing a fighter, so, come here Sarah is playing, uh, a character named Mildred, I'm not quite sure what her deal is, I think she is, uh, a thief character, pretty sure, oh, Sark, is the Dungeon Master. So he is, if you are unfamiliar with Dungeons and Dragons, the Dungeon Master is sort of the guy who's running the game, whereas everyone else will be play players within the game. Uh, so far in the game, they have basically let's just throw it out since I'm 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 so close to home I got ran out of time. They are on a ship. All their characters awoke on a ship. And um it turns out that the ship is flying through space. Crazy. Crazy to throw that into uh Dungeons and Dragons, I think, because that's kind of more sci-fi than fantasy. Uh and they're they've had their first battle, uh shit's going down, they've killed one of the passengers um almost by mistake, and uh it's very cool. So Add uh, comedy on top of this guy's and gal sitting around playing a super super nerdy game, and as you can imagine, it greatly appeals to me, folks. I'm at home. It is nice. It sure is nice to be nice. You can you can say that again. Sure, it's always nice to be nice to the nice. What does he mean by that? I had him. I understood the first two things, but then he then he said the. Then he said the third thing, and he lost me. It just doesn't, doesn't seem to make as much sense. Huh. Well, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But I don't know. That's a weird. That, that's a weird kid. That guy with the third item. I thought he was normal, but then he said the. Then he said the third thing, and now I don't think he's as normal as I thought he was. Okay, well. Time, time to get going, I guess. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, maywood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory.